the former managing editor of BetSided could just do the rest of the show, I guess. Ben Heisler joins us now. And, I mean, I guess, Ben, we just kind of have to start with what we just saw a few minutes ago. Purdue going down. We expected this team to be one of the early exits, especially when it came to the one seeds. They, they let us down every year, but yet they still found a way to exceed those expectations. I know, right? Like, the, the guy that you bring on at the ideal time is wearing his Indiana pullover. Yes. Like, <laughs> what what type of time? I, I even told Zach before I came on that the, the schadenfreude that I'd love to be able to just throw into the universe right now is on monumental levels, but... And Indiana tips off against Kent State, and they've been faded by a lot of sharp people over the last several days. So I'm just going to keep my mouth shut, talk about it purely from a betting perspective, not going to go into any details about how Zach Eady completely let one dribble away for about 12 minutes down the stretch and that they couldn't find ways. Uh, it was funny, Purdue actually this year, relative to the years in the past, had a top 27 adjusted defense this year like that was an area where they needed substantial improvement from years past and the seventh ranked uh adjusted efficiency offense 27th in defense they had kind of figured out a lot of elements to putting together a successful season and i don't know what happened i, I know that purdue was a team that yes all of us were, were going to consider fading down the stretch and I took Purdue and, and Joe Ostrowski's survivor pool as well, as did 126 <laughs> other people. So Good. anybody that's involved in that pool now is, is very, very happy. But I did take Fairleigh Dickinson uh, live on the money line at plus 850 to try and, and recoup some of those that 50 bucks. But just absolute disaster to be able to not put together a, a team that hadn't really had no business being there in Fairleigh Dickinson. Remember, if you, you think about it, because of the conference that they're in, the team that actually won the conference deserved to be there, but couldn't go because they haven't adjusted up to the Division One level yet. So just absolute disaster all the way around for a team that had been consistently uh, in the top five all season long. And ben, like you said, man, like Zach Eady's great. Like, don't get me wrong, great college player, but the guard, pro the guard play just wasn't there all season long for Purdue. But I'm looking at this Kent State-Indiana game, and I know Kent State's a trendy pick. They're sitting at four and a half. I just have a hard time right now betting against Trace Jackson Davis in this spot. I know how good Kent State is defending the post, but in my opinion, he's the best player in college basketball. What are we doing with this game tonight? I, it's a stay away for me. I'm obviously rooting for Indiana just as, as, a, as a homer pick, as an alum. Um, but, I mean, this is still a Hoosier team that was, you know, top 25, top 30 in Kempom ratings. Kent State um, you know, finished in the top 70. They're, they're an aggressive team, like you said, like really good uh, and getting a lot of those extra offensive rebounds. Uh, there's obviously a history with their coach and Rob Senderhoff, who was there during the Kelvin Sampson era, um, had the different sa sanctions involved. But I, I look at Indiana sort of the, from the perspective of last year, they – kind of figured out what they needed to do down the stretch to make a run. And by the time the tournament started, when they went on the road, played out in the West Coast against St. Mary's, they were just gassed because they had to basically go to the Big Ten Championship. They then had to play in the in the Tuesday or the Wednesday game and then travel cross country. This was not the case this year. This was a team that finished the season winners of 11 of their last 15 games, or 11 of their last 16 games before losing to Penn State in the Big Ten tournament. They are not a particularly – they don't shoot a lot of three-pointers, which I think is actually to their advantage because they played through Trace Jackson Davis. When they lost four of their first five Big Ten games, they basically demanded that the offense go through him. And he just started just 
bowling over guys inside. And it allowed them to be able to shoot a pretty high percentage from three-point range. Like, this is a Hoosier team that shot 37%. That's 33rd best in the nation this year. But they just don't take a lot of threes. So it's inherent of the fact that they kind of know their identity and they will bully you inside because they have TJD. Um, they have Jalen Hood-Shafino, who kind of, his, his game kind of reminds me a little bit of, of DeMar DeRozan in that when he gets to that place 16, 18 feet from the court, that's his spot, and he's going to drain it with a really high percentage. But he can also shoot from outside, and he drives. Indiana is not necessarily the most efficient team when it comes to being able to, to spread things out, but they do make a high percentage of a number of their shots. They're a good, effective field goal percentage team. And, and I think at some point, the, the experience of guys like TJD and Race Thompson, uh, fourth, fifth-year guys, uh, is going to be able to make a difference, even though the guard play for Indiana uh, is not the type of experience that we're seeing out of Kent State. Careful, though, Ben, when you talk about DeMar DeRozan, you're going to trigger this really angry Bulls fan sitting next to me. So just just keep that in mind. Oh, I'm, a... oh, I'm, <laughs> ben, I'm not angry. I'm it's that so... Bulls fan. Maybe there, there, there's two of us. Yeah, no. I wish I could get angry it, anymore. It, honestly, it's the best oh, thing. Yeah, just... no, we've, we've gone, from, we've gone from the, to a point of, of just pure, uh, just, em, em, it's not empathetic. What's the word I'm looking for? Just pure, yeah. I, I can't it's even think apathy. of it. It's just, apathy. Apathy, you just don't apathy. care. Apathy, yep. See, I know that. I know that because I'm a Commanders fan. So I know what apathy and not giving a damn anymore about your team feels like. So if you guys need any lessons on how to put your team in the friend zone and not be emotionally attached to them anymore, I can help you. I've done it for like two decades now, so I got you. Uh, Purdue fans probably need to do that too. Let's be honest, Ben. It's tough to be a Purdue fan. So now we have one one seed down. Who do you think is the next one seed to go down? Houston didn't look great against Northern Kentucky. They didn't. I I have Houston going all the way, and obviously mm. my perception of them changes with the with the injury situation. I I still think they'll hang around. You know, I, a lot of these teams that have been going down are these slower paced teams. Uh, Houston certainly matches that type of description. They're three hundred forty second um, in, in Ken Palm's adjusted tempo rankings this year. Um, but I, I do think once they get some of these guys fully healthy, if they can survive this weekend. I think they'll be all right. I have some concerns about Kansas, um, and, and that's kind of the area that I'm in, in the Kansas City area. The, the Jayhawks played such a grueling schedule. They were not rewarded those efforts, despite arguably the, the hardest schedule in, in college basketball history um, with the amount of games that they played. But I, I don't trust them down the stretch. They're not a good free-throw shooting team this year, just shooting 72%. It's Jalen Wilson on a consistent level who's been phenomenal each and every game. But then afterwards, you're not quite sure who's going to show up. Are you going to see the, the Grady Dick that's going to be a lottery pick? Or are you going to see the guy that kind of just disappeared like he did through much of the second half? Kevin McCullough can be dominant inside, but there's been moments where uh, he starts to disappear. And with Arkansas, a team that I think is perfectly designed for the NCAA tournament because of how physical they are, because they will just absolutely wear you down. And KU's not going to have Bill Self available for the game. So yeah. I think going into their next matchup on Saturday, I, I have some concerns about them. I, I think you can look at Arkansas right now as a very viable upset pick, knowing the type of matchup that they're going to play, if they can start making some outside shots consistently. KU's been a really good defense this year, and, and you've got to give them a lot of credit for that. They were a top 15 adjusted defense team this year. In fact, they're actually top 10. But not having Bill Self, getting worn down by Arkansas, and if they don't make their free throws, I, I think they're very much in trouble. What about the St. Mary's-UConn matchup? Because, I, I mean, I have UConn making a deep run, but that's going to be a tough one. St. Mary's takes care of business today, covers the spread. What do you like tomorrow? 
Um, with with St. Mary's, I, I yeah, yeah, I I have UConn winning. Uh, that's a team that I've really been impressed with all throughout the course of the season. A lot of their losses. If you go back and look at, at UConn's last four losses, two point loss in the Big East tournament to Marquette, three point loss to Creighton, that was on the road. Um, had a three point loss to Xavier, and then one point to, to Seton Hall. They, they've been in so many games. Um, and they'll bully St. Mary's on the glass. I, I know that I, that the Gales are a very good defensive team this year, but you're talking about a UConn team that's top four in adjusted offense, um, number one in the country in offensive rebound percentage. I, they've just been that pillar of consistency and an analytics darling all season long. Not to say that St. Mary's hasn't been there as well, but I, I think this UConn team is just so physical inside. They shoot the free throws really well. I, I look at St. Mary's in that particular matchup and saying, yeah, they might be able to hang with UConn from the defensive side of the ball, but are they going to score enough points to match up with a, a very consistent, very efficient offense? I'm not so sure that's the case. I, I have UConn winning that game. Talking to Ben Heisler, BetMGM tonight. Uh, UCLA is a team I bet a while ago to win the national title. Uh, they've certainly looked good. I mean, I'd say they'll look good against UNC Asheville, but you expect them to come out and have a big win there. What are your thoughts on UCLA at this point? just they're in a really good spot right mm -hmm. like coming in getting a chance to play a northwestern team that i thought was potentially going to be on an upset alert obviously not the case they, they took care of boise state as did pretty much everybody else that was in uh in the mountain west conference a, another trend that continues to, to pull forward over the course of, of you know this year uh ucla kind of similar meld to to uconn right mm -hmm. um you know a, a team that has a very underrated offensive side but best defense in the country from an efficiency standpoint they were so good as well at taking away strong easy in the middle of the paint right inside ucla was always going to have hands up they defended well um they made sure that they forced a lot of turnovers averaged uh, just under 24 percent in turnover range this year uh, I, the the key concern obviously is whether or not the injury factor is going to play a role down the stretch um, and I think at some point it will, but given everything that we saw from them over the course of the year, a couple bad losses uh, to Arizona, which obviously you saw what happened with Arizona the other day, uh, they're an impressive team. I, I think looking at my bracket for UCLA, I have them going down to UConn uh, in that West region uh, to go for a shot at the final four. But you know, the matchups are, are, are awfully nice, and especially if the bracket breaks their way, um, you know, I think they can certainly handle Gonzaga if that matchup comes along as well. Uh, ben, we got about two minutes left. Uh, the last one I wanted to ask you about, Penn State, Texas, the opener, Texas, a five-and-a-half-point favorite. Penn State's playing really good basketball right now, great three-point shooting team. What would you do there, the total 139-and-a-half? I, I think Texas is a team that is in pace for a, a really nice run. Um, you know, I was really impressed by them in what I saw in the Big 12 tournament, really just kind of hammering down Kansas on, on the, you know, the championship game. And remember, that game is in Kansas City, 45 minutes away uh, from Lawrence. So it's basically a de facto home game for KU. And they just took them out of the game. They beat them up inside. They made a lot of three-pointers in that game. Um, and, and, you know, with Penn State, it's kind of live by the three, die by the three. And they are hot. And Michael Shrewsbury has been a really impressive coach, even though, you know, they were a 10 seed in the Big Ten. Um, but but I do like Texas here, and, and I think they have a chance to pull away, especially with, with Penn State 
playing a lot of games. Remember, they played in the championship game, ended up falling to Purdue, and and made a run late in that game, too. That might have been an indication that Purdue maybe wasn't uh, a team that was set up to, to close a lot of games out. But I do like Texas there. Uh, I, I think they're a team that is probably, in, in my estimation, uh, an Elite A team. I, I have them playing against Houston for a shot to go to the Final Four in yeah. my bracket. Although, who knows? At this point, with the way this tournament's gone, it may just be a bunch of 10 seeds and 8 seeds and 12 seeds in the Elite Eight and Sweet 16. Good Lord. Ben Heisler, former managing editor of BetSided, at Benny Heis on Twitter. Give him a follow. Great stuff, man. Good to talk to you. We actually used to cross paths. I don't know if you know this, Ryan. Back in the day at an old satellite radio company, occasionally we would cross paths and see each other there. Good talking to you, Ben. Great to talk with you guys anytime.